Do you have an inquisitive mind? Where do you go for answers? Imagine if the natural world held an answer to every question. Welcome to the Flowerhood Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Frankpitt. I'm on an orchard growing avocados and there's something going on. The more time I spend in nature, the more I learn about myself. Is it possible that until we connect with nature, we never truly flourish in our relationships, community, businesses or health? Oh boy, this is no ordinary gardening podcast. Join me at my kitchen table for wide and varied conversations with old and new friends from around the world. I'll be asking questions on how they connect with nature, what the research shows us, and look for ways we can incorporate these learnings into our lives. Let's get started. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Flowerhood Podcast. Great to have you here. Yesterday I received a very exciting email. It was a comparative report for the 2019 avocado season here in New Zealand. And you're probably thinking, oh my god, that sounds really boring. (laughs) But this goes into the specifics of how my orchard performed against 204 other orchards who pack with the same major packhouse. And I'm celebrating. When I bought this orchard a few years back, it was run down. My first crop produced 2.6 tonnes per hectare. It was a severely underperforming orchard. Fruit was extremely poor condition and nothing on it was export quality. It's five seasons later and I have gone from 2.6 tonnes per hectare up to 17 tonnes per hectare. I'm now in the top 25% of orchards and what's more 60% of my fruit is class one. That's the top of the export market and my overall reject rate? Well it's an exceptionally low level of 1.3%. So I am celebrating. I mean this is a celebration. And as I was celebrating, which I've been doing for the last 24 hours, I had a bit of reflection to think about what were those steps that I took to turn the orchard around. And don't get me wrong, look, I'm not a big orchard. I'm classed more as a lifestyle blog. So I started off with about 200 avocado trees. But haven't you found When you're on a winning formula, you want to replicate it into other areas of your life. And size is actually immaterial often. So more often than not, you can apply lessons that you've learned into a larger or a smaller business model. I've also loved the idea of taking a lesson from one industry and applying it to another. So when I think about it, a good gardener or an orchardist is a good entrepreneur where creativity is honoured and business is needed. You are the leader of your garden and if you don't lead, 
It won't be long before the noxious weeds take hold and start to lead the march. So here I am with some really good tangible results. So I thought about this. I thought, oh, look, I'd love to tell you a story that represents a model that I've used over the last five years, but I've actually used it in my life over the last 20 years. So one of my greatest joys on the orchard has been getting chickens. And they are hilarious. They follow me around the orchard. They're mischievous, fun, and each one has a different personality. And they're really, really smart. So my favourite chicken has been Betsy, and she's a brown shaver, a consistent egg layer. And I got her from basically like a battery place that it's awful. They have the hens for a certain amount of years and then decide that they're no longer good layers and get rid of them. So anyway, she was a rescue hen. And she's actually a really consistent egg layer. So Buddha said, when the student is ready, the master will appear. And she has been a master to me. She lives by what I call the three-step rule. Define your outcome, know your why, and take action. So step one, define the outcome. Worms, worms, worms. Within her chicken head is some measured daily quota of how many worms she needs. And basically, she's an overachiever and frequently surpasses that amount, I'm sure. So it's knowing the specific outcome that allows her to stay focused, and at times I'm sure she's developed a sixth sense when it comes to knowing opportunities are about to arise. And then we've got step two. So step two is know your why, the reason, the purpose, the big why. And I would like to think that she is thinking in her little chicken head, I eat worms. They are delicious, nutritious. They help me lay an excellent egg daily. And by doing that, I get more praise and more treats from human. And little side note here, her favorite treat is a corn cob. Step three, take action. And this is where Betsy really comes into her own. So she spots me heading out to the garden and she launches into massive action. And it's this combination of waddle, run, flight, and all this feathered body is being propelled across the lawn at lightning speed. And when the spade appears, there is no dilly-dallying. She is laser-focused and prepared to strike. Her ability to take action has become so extreme that she at times sits on the spade, risking decapitation in pursuit of the outcome. And you know what? She gets results. Big, massive results. She has the pick of the worms. Big ones, little ones, pink ones, fat ones. She eats more worms than any other chicken on my orchard. 
So it's this model, this outcome, why, action, that has really helped me to produce results in my life, and over the last few years, results on the orchard. I first came across it in Time and Life Management System, which is a Tony Robbins system, and I think it was back in the early 2000s that I first started listening and looking into this. So look, I'm not really going to go into the whole system. It is complex at the beginning, but it is fantastic because it frees up time. It is incredibly effective way of thinking that allows you to tackle complex tasks in all areas of your life. And I'll probably mention it in the show notes a bit later on so that um, if you do want to have a look into it, you can. So some of the system draws on the Pareto principle. And the principle is really worth exploring in itself. And it came from observations that a philosopher and economist made while studying nature back in the 1840s in Italy. So the story goes that Vilfredo Federico Pareto was in his garden and he noticed that 20% of the pea plants generated 80% of healthy pea pods. So this 80-20 rule showed up in other areas of society. When he looked at it, 80% of the land in Italy at that time was owned by 20% of the population. Investigating further, he started to find there was a correlation of a similar distribution in other countries when it came to land. And then he kind of had a look into industries and found that 80% of production typically came from 20% of the company. So this Pareto principle is now used for loads of different areas, for optimizing sports training, for computing, Microsoft targeted fixing the top 20% of their most reported bugs, which led to 80% of their crashes. So you can imagine how important that is. In software engineering, Lau Arthur said, 20% of the code has 80% of the errors. Find them, fix them. And then you can look at something like restaurants, where they often report that 80% of the turnover comes from just 20% of the menu. So the point that we can take here is that there is unequal distribution in life. And once we're clear of the outcome and the reason we want to do something, we can then make a list of actions that need to be taken. The good news, and it is good news, is that we don't need to do all the action points. Remember, 80-20. So even just picking those top three action points out of a whole list can propel us disproportionately towards our desired outcome. And this is fabulous news if you're the sort of person who does just lists and looks at them and feels overwhelmed. So back to Bob Betsy. So in her case, knowing her outcome was worms, the action points on her list could have included things like 
picking her way methodically around the garden, watching where the thrushes targeted worms or earth, you know, knowing where the worms were, waiting for a worm to appear, waiting for human to appear and start gardening. So by taking that one action that she did, which was human or spade gardening, as soon as she saw that spade appear, it wiped out her need to do all the other worm-finding missions on her list for that day. Because she got disproportionate amount of reward. So of course she also understood something else which is pretty important and that is leverage. Something that any good entrepreneur should learn. So using the skills of someone else and the remarkable tool, a spade, to propel her forward to her desired outcome. So I was thinking right now what I'd love to do is challenge you to grab a piece of paper and think about one area of your life. What's an outcome that you would like to achieve? What's the purpose for this? What's the compelling reason you want to get this done? And why must you do this? So don't miss this step out. This is the passion that will drive you. Michael E. Gerber in Emith Mastery talks about all entrepreneurs needing passion of the soul. That's the connection and passion of the mind. And that's the part that helps you to pursue the vision. And it's kind of quite interesting, actually, because if you don't have the passion of the mind, or if you only, no, actually, if you only have the passion of the mind, without the passion of the soul, what you're after can easily become an academic pursuit. So think about that. It's really important to marry that passion with the passion of your soul. So dig deep here, okay? Find your why. What would make your soul sing? What really juices you? And then the third step I challenge you to is to make a list of the action points that you need to take to make this happen. Big breath, deep breath, just write them all down, no particular order needed, and celebrate. Celebrate because you don't have to do all those things on that list. Remember the Pareto Principle. Now, one of the things doing this outcome purpose action, outcome why action, is that you can do this on a macro level or a micro level. So on a macro level, step one, the outcome could be the overall vision you have for your, say, finances and wealth. On the micro level, step one could be the vision you have for one specific project that you're working on that fits within that umbrella finance wealth. Or on a macro level, the outcome could be your overall vision for your home, your environment. And on a micro level, it could be a vision for a project that you want to do to create a vegetable garden. You know, this vision that you want to have this really abundant production of seasonal crops. And then your reason could be 
that you want to tap into the nutritious source so you can have more energy, health, vitality in order to run your business life home. So that you can feed not just your mind but your body and also have a pursuit that allows you to connect with nature. So that could be something if you were looking to do a vegetable garden. And then what you need to do is write down those list of outcomes that you would need to take. So that's an example of how to do this in a simple way. Outcome, purpose, action. So just choose one. Choose one outcome. Give those soul-felt reasons and then write the actions. Looking back over the last five seasons on my avocado orchard, And the results that I have achieved, I realized that they were the culmination of all the action steps I took. And did I do everything I should have? No, absolutely not. (laughs) But I didn't need to. I still got results. Remember the Pareto rule, 80-20. By revisiting my outcome and reasons and actions on a regular basis, that's what kept me on track over the years. So I thinking back, I think I had my outcome originally down as to produce a world-class export quality fruit to increase production to 30 tonnes per hectare. Still got a bit of a way to go on that. And the reason it was because I really wanted to produce healthy, nutritional fruit and a really high quality product that added value and enhanced people's lives. I wanted to create an income stream for myself and generate this freedom of funds that I could use to contribute to projects that really resonate from my heart. So that's my juice. That reason is my juice for getting up early in the morning. The reason that when I'm feeling tired, I'll go and grab one more bag of fertilizer and spread it round. Or if it's raining and windy, I'll go out and I'll tie up that tree that might need attention. And the action points, when I get a chance, I try and review my action points daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. This keeps me on track and I put what I need to do into my calendar. So there's one more thing I want you to do. From your action points that you've written, look at them. And is there one thing on there that you could do right now at the end of this podcast? Is it make a phone call to someone? Is it write an email that really needs to be sent? Is it Simply putting one hour aside later today or tomorrow to focus purely on writing that business plan that you want to do. Whatever it is, don't leave the scene of a crime without taking action. For me, I'm going to right now go and revisit my overall vision, my overall outcomes, my reasons for the orchard, because this is a fluid process. And as you achieve, you'll notice that at times you need to tweak, adapt, or set new outcomes. So, hey, let's get started. My heartfelt thanks for listening all the way to the end of this Flowerhood podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe to the show, like, and review it on your favorite player. 
be part of the greater Flowerhood community. Join the Flowerhood Facebook group and find show notes and information at flowerhood.com. I can't wait to share the next episode. Until then, hey, why not stop and smell the roses? Mm.